so I want to start a new series entitled I Love My Church. And so um, let's, let's, let's open our Bibles real quick. So let's look at it together. Acts, cha Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. I'm going to break into the story. And uh, let me tell you about the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a historical book. If you ever want to know the history of the church, just open the book of Acts. Acts is a history book, amen, for the church. So if you ever want to know how do, how do we, it, what, it didn't start, you know, what we think. But if you want to know the history of the church, if you want to know the history of Israel, you got to go to the Old Testament, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right? You can find the history of the Old Testament there, the children of Israel, all that. If you want to know the history of the church, you go to the book of Acts, amen? So it's a historical book written by Luke, the doctor, amen? Now, Luke was a doctor, a physician, and listen to this. The reason why I, I, I thank God for the Holy Spirit who wrote the word through Luke is because as a physician, he paid attention to details. You know, physicians pay attention to details. An expository preacher pays attention to details. Every detail counts. All right? So look at this. Look at, the, look at verse 31, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It says, and when they had prayed, they being the disciples, um, the place where they had gathered together was what? Lord have mercy. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And the congregation, say congregation, of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own. But all things were what? Common property to them. And with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And abundant grace was upon them all. For there was not a needy person among them. For all who were owners of land or houses, hold on a minute, would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet. And they would distribute to each as any had. I want to talk about this morning, I love my church part one, but I want to talk about praying for my church. It's amazing that when we are, when we were born, we are immediately placed into a family unit. Um, some of us didn't know what we were being born into. Amen. Uh, but the truth is, whether we want to deny it or not, we all have family. We didn't get to choose our family. Amen. Um, the moment you were born, you were introduced to your family. God knew the family 
and as dysfunction as some of our families are. Come on. Oh, Lord. Uh, we didn't get to choose our family. And God placed us in that family dynamic. And the neat thing about it is that we love them in spite of all their flaws. Amen. As a child growing up, I didn't know about all the dysfunction that was around me. It's amazing how mothers and fathers protect their children from all of the dysfunction that's, in, that's part of the family. Well, when you were born again, God placed you into the family, his church. Uh, to be a believer without a church is to be a believer without a family. Amen. I'm going to say it one more time. To be a believer without a church is to be a believer without a family. Uh, being part of the family of God means that you have to associate yourself with a local body. Uh, today, as I said earlier, the church means something different to everybody. The whole dynamic of church has changed today. It's not what it used to be. Amen. There is corruption in church. There's spiritual abuse in church. There's all kinds of dysfunction that has crept into the church over the centuries, over the years. And, and today, a lot of us are struggling with our family called the church. I wish I had somebody. Many of us have left other church to go to another church, to go to another church, to find another church, and end up at another church and only find out that every church you go to, you find out they all jacked up. And the beautiful thing about it is we all jacked up up in here. But the one thing that keeps us together is Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to break some news to you. The moment you joined that church, it became dysfunctional. Because you brought your last mess from the last situation to the current situation. Amen. I mean, it's just the fact that, you know, we will never be perfect. But I believe there's something about the church that's so amazing. Amen. I really do. I really do. When I look at the word, God says in Colossians 1.13, please don't go there. He says, for he rescued us, watch this, from the kingdom of darkness. Anybody remember being in darkness? Can, can you remember those days of darkness? The, the Bible says, write it down as a reference, Colossians 1.13 from the NLT version says, for he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. It tells me that Satan has a kingdom too. Amen. God's kingdom, and I brought this book up here today uh, to illustrate for the men. There's a book that I want you to get. There's a, there's a woman one that compliments it. It's called The Kingdom Man. Amen. If God rescued me from the kingdom of darkness, come on, help me somebody, and he placed me in the kingdom of, in his kingdom, then it makes sense I ought to be a kingdom man. It makes sense that I ought to be a kingdom woman. It makes sense that I ought to learn how to be a kingdom kid. Amen. It, it makes sense that I ought to learn how to be a kingdom young adult. Amen. 
Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, God, the Bible says, he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Can I ask a question? I'm just curious about this question here. It's maybe a funny question to you, but where is God's kingdom today? I believe that God's kingdom is the church. Amen. So God took me from Satan's church. Come on, somebody. And he transferred me to his church. And then the funny thing about it is the Bible has different imageries of the church. Amen. In, in Psalm 89, verse 7, it says that the church is the assembly of the saints. Amen. In Psalm 11, 11, it says that it is the assembly of the upright. Now, I know all of us ain't upright up in here, but I, I understand what the Bible is trying to tell us. In Ephesians, the Bible tells us that the, the church is the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. In Revelation 21 and 9, it says that the church is the bride of Christ. Hold on a minute. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the Lord have mercy. And, and the Bible also says that we are also married to Christ. Amen. The Bible also says in the book of Acts, Acts 20, it says that the church is the church of God. Amen. I know what you're saying. Not all churches are church of God. I get it. First Timothy 3.15 says the church, the church of the living God, not just the God, but the who? The living God. I know you're probably saying, what the world is he talking about? I'm just giving you an imagery of what the Bible says the church is. It's not something I'm making up. It's something that I read, and it makes a lot of sense to me because God is a living God. Do I have anybody? How many know he's alive today? How many know that God is real? Anybody really know he's real? I mean, you saw something recently that make you say, man, God is real. Do I have a witness? Not only is the church called the church of the living God, but it calls the church of the firstborn, which is Jesus Christ. It's also called the city of the living God. So it's the church of the living God. It's the city of the living God. But Psalm 149 says it is the congregation of the saints, God's building, the house of God, and we are what's called the people of God. So the church is relevant. Amen. The church is relevant. One author says the church isn't a gathering of strangers like fans at a, at a ball game, amen, who just happen to be sitting next to each other. The church is a community of individuals spiritually linked together with the purpose of reflecting and spreading the values of the kingdom of God. So in other words, when you look at your neighbor, that's family. Amen, amen. You are connected to them spiritually, and we are all connected spiritually. The question today is, do you love your church? The question is, do you like Christ, or do you love Christ? Are you with me? The Bible says this also, which I find to be very interesting. In Ephesians 5.25, it says, husbands, listen to this. Love your wives mm -hmm, just as Christ also. 
We've been missing that for a long time. How can a man love you if he don't love God? Hmm. How can a man love you if he don't love God, don't submit to God, and don't follow Christ? He follows everything else. He follows football, baseball, basketball, amen, poker, all that kind of stuff. You know, he follows a lot of things, but he doesn't follow Christ. And he doesn't serve in church, so how can he learn? How can he learn to serve you? I'm talking about a kingdom man. How can he learn to serve you when he doesn't serve in church? Amen. And let me say this to the men. Serving ain't for weak men. Mm. You need a man who will serve God. Why do you need a man to serve God? Because he knows how to serve you. Because the Bible says, look what he says. He says he loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now think about that. When was the last time your husband gave something up for you? Uh-oh, oh, Lord. Amen. Well, baby, I gave up going out. Lord, have mercy. Amen. I gave up a lot. And, and, and the imagery here is that, uh-oh, is that God is saying that the church is so important to Jesus that he gave his life for it. Now, I know a lot of you wouldn't give your life for a lot of things, right? But Jesus gave his life for the church. He died for the church. Tell your neighbor, I love my church. Can I tell you something? Everything in your life should mirror what you see in church. Watch this. When you go home, you should have a little, oh, well, hold on. You got to content, let me, let me Textualize worship real quick. You ought to have corporate worship, amen, and then you have to have private worship. And then you can have husband and wife worship. That's something different. I'm worship together, not worship each other. All right? We got kids. We got kids up here? Okay. So here's the deal. The, the, the idea here is that what you see in church ought to be mirrored at home. Worship, prayer, praise, devotion. Amen. Amen. Serving each other. Amen. I shouldn't have to go clean your room. You Lord have mercy. The, the question is, do you love your church? And so when this particular, in chapter, well, we're in chapter 4 of Acts. Chapter 1, we find that the church began. It's called Pentecost. See, the one ingredient that's missing in a lot of churches today is the Holy Spirit. See, without the Spirit, we have no church. See, and so what God did in Pentecost, at Pentecost, at the beginning of the church, God's Jesus, God sent the Holy Spirit to dwell on earth permanently. So you got to be careful of people who pop up saying this is a church. You know, you know what I'm saying? They say, oh, yeah, I'm starting a church. That's fine, but you got to make sure it's really a church. You got to make sure that the Spirit of God is there. And, he, and, and, and there's a lot of ways because the Spirit testifies with the what? And then the Bible says, try the Spirit, 
by the Spirit. Amen? And, 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 and watch this. I'm going to show you something here in a minute. I'm going to get out of the way. Watch this. Here's the thing. The thing about having the Holy Spirit, when we come together corporately, amen, we break open the Word of God that the Holy Spirit wrote, amen, and now what we have is a bunch of believers who are filled with the Spirit. Now, if you're not filled with the Spirit, everything I'm saying to you ain't going to make no sense. Are you with me? You, you will be totally confused. Matter of fact, you won't even agree with what I have to say. Amen. But listen, you know when you're sitting there and you're like, man, he's talking about me. How he know? Did he call my mama or something? Did he call my husband? How he know what's going on? That's the Spirit of God that's testifying, amen, that something is going on in your life that needs to be corrected. And this is the reason why we need to break open the word. We can dance, we can sing, we can praise and all that, but we need a word from God. Do I have somebody? So we see in chapter 1, Pentecost. In chapter 2, we see the birth of the church. Amen. And in chapter 3, something interesting happened. There was a man who had been lame for all his life. And what we find is the first miracle in the church in chapter 3. He was, Peter and John was going up. The Bible says at the gate called beautiful. Amen. Can you imagine sitting around the church all your life? Lame, broken. You keep coming back week after week and you keep saying, I need help. I need help, but you ain't never get. Tell your neighbor, ain't no spirit there. If you go into a church and you ain't, nothing changes in your life. Come on, somebody. You don't see no change. You don't see no difference. You don't see nothing moving, nothing shifting, nothing becoming new in your life. You keep thinking the same old way. Something wrong. Something be wrong. Let me use your Something be wrong. Yeah. A to the men. <laughs> Y'all with me? And, and, and so, so what we find is this man had been sitting out there all this time waiting, waiting, begging. Rather than the people going up to worship, find out what his spiritual needs was. They kept meeting his physical need when he really had a spiritual need. Some of us come to church, amen, we're looking for prosperity. We're looking for healing. We're looking for all these other things, right? But what you really need is really spiritual. And I believe that the moment you start looking in the spirit realm and realize that your money problems is linked to your spiritual life, amen, your health is linked to your spiritual life, then you won't really realize and have no real need for Jesus. Do I have somebody? And so what we find is that here it is that Peter and John, the man got healed, but they got in trouble for healing him. Matter of fact, they were arrested for healing this man in the name of Jesus. They went before the kangaroo courthouse and they said, listen, man. They said to them, listen, man, you better stop preaching in the name of Jesus. They said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. But here's the thing. I ain't doing that. <laughs> he said, I don't care what you say, but we are going to continue to pray and preach in the name of Jesus. Can I tell you something? Preaching without Jesus ain't preaching. Healing without Jesus ain't healing. Miracle without Jesus. Hey, listen, Satan can duplicate a miracle. And I believe that's what has crept into the church today. A whole bunch of false demonic spirits that has come into the church today and is counterfeiting the real thing. 
Because if you ever notice, they always say, come up, God's going to bless you. God, they never say Jesus. That's why I love that first song they sung today. Because at the name of Jesus is where you find your deliverance. It's at the name of Jesus where you find your freedom. I love my church because Jesus is the head. Because Jesus is there and Jesus is being preached. Do I have anybody? Do I admit, did that make you feel uncomfortable? Because here's the thing. Jesus sometimes will make you feel uncomfortable. Do I have somebody? He, he isn't just there to make you feel all good all the time. Amen. Every now and then you ought to feel a little agitated like, dang, if he say Jesus one more time, I'm going to throw something at Don't throw nothing at me. Watch this. <laughs> the point is, Jesus has the power, y'all. Jesus. It's nothing else. Listen, you want to know the formula? Jesus. That's the formula. Amen. Listen, we have so many churches today with so many different doctrines, right? Amen. One person believe this. One person believe that. But here's the thing. Can we believe on one thing? Jesus. That he is the son of God. That he did die. Come on, somebody. And he did rise from the dead, amen, on the third day, amen. He did ascend to heaven. Come on, somebody. And guess what? He's coming back. Jesus. So can you imagine this? They told the disciples, stop speaking in the name of Jesus. They forbid them to do that. Do you know in some countries today you can't call the name Jesus? Do you know in China, you can't have no church in China? Do you know in some countries, they will kill you for calling the name of, if he wasn't real, then why do that? If he wasn't life, if he wasn't powerful, if he isn't God, then why are you so afraid of him? Do I have somebody? And you know what I believe some of our problem is today in church? We're not promoting Jesus, we're promoting our own agenda. Do I have somebody? Watch the text. Text says uh, right here. Let's look at it. Let me let me let me let me let me get in here before we. Yeah. All right. Amen. Look 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 at um. Let me see here. Look at verse thirty one. Amen. So how should I pray for my church? What kind of church we need here? I'm gonna pray for my church. 